Paz IM Radio with your co-hosts Robert Brining and Aaron Laxton. We go around the world and across the United States. Join in the conversation by calling in to 929-477-3572. That's 929-477-3572. This week, we have your HIV scoop with Josh Robbins and your positive message from Rise Up to HIV and Kevin Maloney. Your weekly dose of hope. Pause IM Radio. I hope you're ready for season two because it starts now. Good afternoon, everyone, and happy Sunday. Welcome to this week's Pause I Am Radio. It is happy Memorial Day weekend. It is a wonderful day here in Philadelphia. This is Robert Brining here. I'm flying solo this week. My partner in crime, Aaron Laxton, is at uh, the International Male Leather Convention and uh, judging uh, there and is uh, busy with all those commitments that he has made prior to that. So um, I hope he's having fun and hopefully he'll be joining us next week. Actually, this whole week, he's this whole month, he's been... Uh, He's been off, um, so uh, I'm actually anticipating his return to hear what he has to say. Uh, I know he's been um, busy over the last few weeks, so um, Aaron, uh, we miss you, and I hope you'll be back uh, joining me on the airwaves soon. So um, over the last uh, month, I have brought you some amazing people who also do podcasts. Uh, We spoke with uh, Positively D, who does the Positively D discussions here on Blog Talk Radio under Blog Talk USA. Um, we also spoke with Daniel Garza, who does one out of uh, Laguna Beach, California, called Put It Together. Um, and then today we're going to be speaking with an amazing man who I, I, I've met a few times, but recently reconnected with him in, in Chicago at Healthy Voices 17, um, Dorian Gray Alexander, who uh, uh, hosts a podcast in Louisiana uh, called Proof Positive, and he'll be on to uh, share his story and talk about his podcast. So. You know, uh, there's also so many amazing people that do podcasts that I like to just highlight and, and you know, have people get connected with these people because, um, you know, going to that Healthy Voices conference, it allowed me to, you know, sit in a room with these individuals and share stories and see how, you know, we both all do the same thing, but we come from different angles and have different things uh, to talk about. So I'm excited to have Dorian on. Um, I wonder what color his beard is today. Uh, when I saw him in Chicago, it was blue. Um, which is really cool. I thought it was a, a good way to start up a conversation, and, uh, you know, it worked. Very, very nice guy. Can't wait for him to come on and join us um, in the next few minutes. So I know that this week we have uh, an anticipated uh, HIV scoop coming from Josh Robbins, so uh, we'll be playing that shortly. I'm just uploading that to the switchboard. So um, one of the things I did want to talk about this week um, on the on air is uh, – our friend Kevin Maloney here, he uh, runs Rise Up to HIV. He doesn't really get, I feel, as a, enough recognition uh, for the work that he does. I know he likes to stay kind of behind, um, you know, the closet and kind of do the work without his name. But he is an amazing individual, and he just uh, started out this new uh, social media campaign um, intertwined with uh, the U equals U, which we had uh, Bruce Richman come on and talk about. 
uh, undetectable equals untransmittable. Um, and that big campaign, and it's a, a new frame that you can add to your profile to. Um, and if you go to uh, Rise Up to HIV on Facebook or Twitter, there's information uh, lead it there that you can uh, go and submit your photo to Kevin, and he will place it in a color of your choice frame. I think there's a few, I think there's like four or five colors that you can choose from. And it just helps promote awareness um, of H and breaking down HIV stigma and also promoting the awareness of the U equals do campaign. Um, again, undetectable equals untransmittable. And for more information on that, you can go to preventionaccess.org, um, which uh, is ran by Bruce Richmond, who started uh, the campaign. So uh, it's really making splashes here in the HIV community and online if you uh, take a look. So again, rise up to HIV on all social media uh, and get your photo to Kevin Maloney and get involved um, with breaking down the stigma, uh, breaking down other people's uh, judgments of those living with HIV and, and, and putting a face to it. Uh, I know a lot of people are still ignorant about what HIV looks like and, you know, with the colorful photo frames that Rise Up to HIV is coming out with, it's really allowing you to showcase, you know, that HIV doesn't look one way. You know, HIV can look like you, you know, it looks like me, so why couldn't it look like you? So um, go ahead and put your face out there and, and help end stigma. Again, contact uh, Kevin Maloney. So uh, pretty soon we'll be uh, connecting with Dorian Gray-Alexander. Um, he'll be joining us on air. I want to take a quick moment, and since we actually are speaking about uh, Kevin Maloney and Rise Up to HIV, one of the amazing things that he's done for us um, is we were able to download some of his positive messages from his positive message campaign, which I believe he's not taking submissions, but I'm sure he's still waiting on mine. Um, and uh, I, I just want to play one of them here while we're waiting uh, for our guest to call in. Uh, this one is uh, Brady. Hey everybody, my name is Brady Morse. I live in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, I, when I was diagnosed as being HIV positive in 2009, I turned right around and tried to commit suicide twice because I thought my life was over. I wanted to just hide from life. I didn't want to do anything. Um, and it took one person coming to me and saying, Brady, I know that you were just recently diagnosed as HIV positive. I was just recently diagnosed. Can you help me? Can you show me, tell me what I need to do next? And that was my light bulb moment. I was like, I do have a purpose. I can help. Um, and that's turned my life around. I have completely given my life over to service, to volunteer, and as a matter of fact, that diagnosis led me on a journey, and now I'm even in Africa doing volunteering, working with children who have been orphaned due to HIV, and working with a local women's group, um, an HIV-positive-only women's group, um, which has been so, so fulfilling. So just because you have been diagnosed with HIV, it does not mean your life is over. There is so much more to keep living for. Stay strong. Love you guys. Say hi, everybody. This is what life is about. Uh, there you go. That's one of my favorite. Uh, that's Brady, you know, and, and uh, he shared his message with Rise Up to HIV in it. And it reminds me, you know, it allowed me to reflect that sometimes when we're asking for help, um, we're not just helping ourselves. We're also possibly helping others, 
who, you know, may need to find something in helping others. Because not only when you're helping someone else, not only are you getting something out of it and, and reaping um, the fruit, but so is the person who is being helped. So, you know, you never know that maybe sometimes when you're scared to ask for help, um, that person who you're about to ask really needs to help someone to, to help them. So with that being said, let's uh, welcome today's guest, Dorian Gray Alexander. Welcome to the show. How are you today, sir? I'm doing fine, buddy, and you? I am fabulous. Sunny here in Philadelphia. Great. It's uh it's a bit warm here in New Orleans because uh we are hot. <laughs> <laughs> so what part of New Orleans are you actually in? So um I live in the uptown area and and I'm currently in what's called the mid city spot, mid city area. I know I drove through Louisiana at some point when uh, my best friend was moving from Boston to Texas, and yeah. uh, I took the drive with her, and we drove through it to get to Texas. I know that, but I don't really know too much about it. What's it like living in Louisiana and being HIV positive? Is there a lot of services there? Yeah, I mean, we we, we have a, a pretty good comprehensive health care uh, system with uh, Ryan White, but... Um, but uh, along with uh, their clinics and also hospitals, uh, it's uh, you know it could be better. Uh, we always need more uh, funds. We also uh, you know we always need new uh, pro providers to uh, provide quality health care. That's true. That's true. Because I know, yeah. like Louisiana is a part of the the, the 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 Southern Belt that they always talk about. I know when I was involved with the ADAPT Advocacy Association, the South was always, mm -hmm. um, you know, one of the focuses for that. You know what I mean? Because it's so hard hit, you know, with new infections, and then um, I guess linkage to care is, is is an issue at some point, or or getting them to uh, the ADAPT waiting list. How is that still? Is that there still a list at all? down there um, no um, no it's not a, a, a list you know in um, in Louisiana we have about 21,000 people living with HIV um, unfortunately more than half come come in into their disease late in the game so they they'll they'll have a, a diagnosis of AIDS um, and um, that's you know that is a that's a concern. Uh, in in New Orleans and also Baton Rouge, we have been in the top five uh, cities in the past few years for highest rates of HIV new infections. Mm, that's yeah. scary. It's, yeah, I mean it's not pretty. Uh, you know, we, we're um, so so along with enjoying our food and our music and the people. Huh. Uh, there's a lot of sex here, so we uh, <laughs> so uh, we also have very high rates of 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 the top three S S T I so uh, syphilis, gonorrhea, club, chlamydia. They're pretty much in epidemic um, circles here. So take me back to the day in 2006 when you were diagnosed. What was 
that okay. like for you? What led, led up to you being what led up to you being tested, and then what what were the reaction when the doctor or when you were told? So um, so prior to that, I uh, you know as I have disclosed before, I was raped years back and uh, and hadn't real really dealt with with my assault. So as uh, so post Katrina, you know that that little storm and flood flood thing, you know, we had here, uh, you know, there was just a lot of this, this, this distractions, but uh, uh, began to feel bad and be, be sick and didn't quite know what it was. So in, in going to my primary health pro provider, um, the, the question of HIV did not come up, um, nor were there questions about being raped or so on. But at at some point, you know, we did a series of tests um, and couldn't find anything. So I uh, I asked for an HIV test and um, and got one and that's when I, I, I learned about, about my status. Now when so when me <laughs> now I was just gonna ask you that were you what was HIV something that you were educated about? Something that, you know, maybe did you know anybody else who was HIV positive at the time? So a partner of mine died in 1995, and I had known of the friends and, and, uh, and someone who, who had passed I mean, away from AIDS or, or H HIV in the past years. And... So I kept a, a a finger on the pulse of HIV, and I would get um, um, tested periodically, but but it really wasn't a, a huge thing on my radar. I mean, I you know the in in the 80s, and yes, I am that old. Um, I was very pro testing, so I was that obnoxious guy who was like. You need to know your status. You need to know your status. Um, and then through a series of, of close friendships, learn that some folks were not and are not ready to know, you know, their HIV status, even though we feel that they should, okay? Um, so I wasn't as informed about it. I, mean, I knew what HIV was. I knew what AIDS AIDS. AIDS was, um, and yet because of my prior um, uh, testing be before my rape, you know, being negative, and then once my rape occurred, I really did not seek um, legal or else me medical care. And so some years passed and I became ill, and, and when it seemed apparent to me that, okay, um, I'm having a hard time breathing. I've lost some weight. I'm really tired. You know, I really, it, it, it was not the first thing that crossed my mind. It, it was what else is going on and let's explore that. But, but at some point it just became apparent that, you know, we should do an HIV test and one was done. So I, I was, you know, that day when I went, and to have the test done, um, 
I was prepared for it. Uh, wasn't too too upset about it, except for me, it was more important that that my health insurance remained intact uh, because, of course, uh, you know, as we all know, our HIV meds are very expensive. So I was more that concerned about that. Um, as it turned out, a few months later, my insurance policy rescinded, or my insurance company rescinded my um, policy, and that's when, <laughs> and that's when uh, you know the doors of advocacy began to open for me. Um, and then I dealt with my rate, uh, and then a few years later, uh, backed into becoming an HIV advocate. Hmm. So, so let me ask you this. So you, you, when you found out that you were positive, who was the first person you told? Uh, the first person I told was, was a close friend followed by uh, tapping into, uh, you know, what I re refer to as my family. And that is, and, and those are uh, my the the brothers and and um, and sisters of my uh, partner who who had died in '95. So I so I called them. I sat them down and I told them about the whole thing about my rape, about about now have having AIDS. Um, and and I'm very very blessed and very uh, grateful that that their reaction was 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 one of some support um i have you know and i don't know why i have never directly been uh or i have never directly experienced stigma re regarding my hiv um you know i have never been told by someone that i don't want to be your friend you aren't my friend you aren't welcome in my house you can't eat here you can't you know Come, come, come around my kids. I have not a, a experienced that, and when I hear those stories, I am just horrified. But also, I am I am also very very privileged to know that I have not experienced that. Yeah, you're lucky. There's a lot of people who, unfortunately. You know, do have to deal with that, and I'm I'm fortunate enough too that I've had, you know, uh, an open, you know, loving uh, family that's been supportive as well. It's it's tough, and I can't imagine that, you know, not not yeah, having that same, kind of support. Yeah, yeah Rob, Robert. I mean, it's it's it is enough stress in your life to try to navigate a healthcare system with or with without insurance to be concerned about what do you do with your life can you work whom whom should you disclose to and then if you also have to deal with the closest folks in your life being being rejecting of you that is that is off awful you know i mean i i i'm I'm sure you have you have heard horror stories also about people who have just been completely uh, I mean abandoned 
strengthened and also ostracized. And it makes me very mad and also very sad. Yes, it's, it, is, it is very sad that, you know, the people are like that. But, you know, it just goes to show you that we're here to teach. There's still work for us to do, and that's why we continue to do what we do. You know? We are. We are. You know, um, you, know uh, you, you, you and I met, I, I, I would guess, about six or so years back, and I am always amazed at, at the number of people and also their stories uh, stories of of resilience and also of of surviving so many 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 bad things. Well, on that note, let's go ahead over and take a quick break, um, and we'll be right back. So let's go ahead and hear uh, this week's exclusive HIV scoop from Josh Robinson. We'll be right back with Dorian Gray Alexander. This is your HIV Scoop with Josh Robbins, exclusive for Paws I Am Radio. Buzzworthy HIV news in under 90 seconds. Here's Josh Robbins in this week's HIV Scoop. Those living with HIV are sticking with their drug therapy, a new study says. I'm Josh Robbins, and this is the HIV Scoop. Here's some buzzworthy stories right now. A large new study based on Medicaid data identifies a clear trend of people staying on their HIV meds longer than they used to. That's great news. With antiretroviral drugs, HIV has become a manageable chronic condition, but only so long as patients continue to take their meds. A large Brown University study finds substantial momentum in that direction. The study, which examined a national sample of 43 thousand Medicaid patients showed that the median duration of persisting with HIV treatment increased by more than 50% over the decade 2001 to 2010. With other manageable chronic conditions like cholesterol, high blood pressure, and type 2 diabetes not showing the same big gains. Among hundreds of thousands of HIV negative Medicaid recipients taking any of the three non-HIV medications, persistence changed very little between 2001 and 2010, the study showed. Yet, at the same time, persistence with those medications did improve markedly among HIV-positive patients who were also on ARVs. Next, New York Daily News reports the head of an HIV nonprofit in New York allegedly stealing nearly $1 million dollars that money intended to house those living with HIV. The stunning story is from former CEO of Harlem Congregations for Community Improvement, Derek Brooms, and it is despicable if true. Brooms allegedly exploited his position to charge hundreds of thousands of dollars in personal expenses to a corporate credit card in his name. He often used the credit card to pay for personal auto repairs, medical bills, electronics, clothing, and gifts. That's what the feds say. The nonprofit is now working to repay the money that Broom allegedly diverted from the program and man, the Manhattan U.S. Attorney's Office said in court papers. Now, Brooms's lawyer didn't return requests for comment. Happy, happy, happy Memorial Day, though, everyone. I'm Josh Robbins. This was your HIV scoop. And 
And there you have it. Thanks, Josh Robbins, for more information on the HIV scoop. And Josh Robbins, go to omstilljosh.com across all social media. All right, and we are back here with Dorian Gray. You with me, Dorian? Yes, Jeff. Are you there? Cool. Yes. So listen, let's let's go ahead and, and move on to um, what has made you become an advocate. Um, let's talk about your radio show. You, you you know, proof positive. I want to know how that began and 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 what it's all about. So so my my show is at its core. Uh, is there to provide a voice on a station uh, whose, whose letters are WHIV. We honor in, independent voices. Um, we are a low power radio station. And it was started by, uh, by an, an infectious disease doc who really wanted to try and normalize HIV uh, in in a broader sense, and so he got the idea and, and learned about um, applying for these little bands of radio airwaves. Uh, did it, uh, and you know we were all surprised. And then it's like, okay, then we need to do a tower, and then we got that done. And so then uh, he asked me, well, Dorian, um, I think you'd be great as a radio talk show about a show about living with HIV. And I'm like, so you want the stutterer to do a radio <laughs> talk show with HIV? Hmm. Okay. And so we uh, went went on the air uh, uh, World, World AIDS Day of 2014. And we have been broad, broadcasting for now oh, for two years. And my my show is um, is about you know New Orleans health and HIV because it's really hard to do a show just on HIV every week, uh, or or at least it is for me. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, and, and it is, and it's. And it's nice because too, uh, you you can always weave HIV into any you know topic. If it's about cooking, if it's about relationships, if it's about mental health, if it's about you know riding your bike for say uh, um, you know an AIDS ride. So so it's good to weave it in, and it's hard for me to go. Okay, we're going to talk about HIV again. Well, let's talk about living, and let's talk about being alive, and let's talk about being people who happen to have HIV but have a lot of facets to our lives. So that's the crux of what my show is about. That is how it got started, and that's why I do it. And where can people go and listen to it live? When does it air? So, so uh, it airs Tuesdays from 6 to 7 p.m. Central Time, and you can stream it at whivsm.org. So, again, Tuesdays, 6, 6 to 7 p.m., whivsm.org. Or if you're in the New Orleans area, uh, 102.3 FM. That's awesome, and I love the call letters, the WHIV. Yeah. That's uh, very yeah, clever. Yeah, you know, um, you know, the very nice thing about it is is that 
the letters HIV are spoken hundreds of times, if not thousands of times a day. Uh, you know, we are a 24-hour uh, station. Uh, we have programming probably about 70% of the time with, uh, you know, like local shows, uh, a lot of music pro programming. So it's so it's so it's been great for local mu musicians to come on and play their favorite play playlists and songs, and also to have some live, uh, uh, you know, con concerts in, in in quotes here. But um, but I'm not that exciting. I haven't had a live music show yet, but I'm working on it, and soon I guess I will. So is there any uh, past or upcoming shows that you might want to mention, guests that you've had that you might want to, uh, you know, talk about for people to go and check out maybe your uh, archived shows? Well, I, I would love to talk about my archive. Uh, being being a solo producer like yourself, um, the, you know, my show means a great deal to me, and yet because I'm doing a lot of other advocacy and also community service, uh, I haven't gotten my shows arch archived. So I'm not quite the podcast that that uh, that a lot of folk, folks are, but I have every show and I have every intention of putting them all up and 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 wanting folks to listen to to them and to um, and to appreciate what what was said. So, um, so unfortunately I can't say you can go to here and you can listen to the <laughs> show from March of 2015 coming soon. That's all I can say coming soon. Um, can't say that, again, but I know it is. <laughs> so, you know what Dorian, Dorian, that just, that just encourages people to go to the WHIV FM. Is it .com or .org? Cause I'm at .com oh, or .org, or, I guess either or, one works. Or. Okay. All right. So, yeah. so go to whibfm.org and you can just listen live at two at six six p.m. Central Time. Is it on Tuesdays? Correct. It is. Yes. All right. So just people go there and you can check out the other shows on the on the on the station and then uh, obviously check out Dorian. So one of the questions that I have um, from uh, my partner was, "Is Dorian Gray Alexander your real name?" <laughs> I am asked that a lot. Yes. It, it was, uh, so Dorian Gray was and is my first name that appeared on my very first birth certificate. Um, I'm also uh, adopted, so I happen to have two birth certificates, one pre-adoption and also one post. But Dorian Gray is my official first name on both of those. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it. So let me, um, I want to open up the phone lines real quick. If you're um, interested in calling in to speak with us or have a question, so the number is 929-477-3572 and press the number one button so we know that you want to come on air and speak with us. I do see that we do have a caller, so let's go ahead. Um, you're on the air. Who's this? We got Boogie the Clown. Radio Graffiti. I can watch fucking Netflix on my fucking controller while I'm motherfucking playing Super Mario. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what that was, but we won't be taking any more I don't know. callers. I don't know. 
<laughs> that was a little insane. <laughs> I don't know what that was, but we'll just let that go and act like it never happened. That was a little insane. So um, how long have you been actually doing the show? Uh, I started uh, February of 2015. So I have been, been, been going strong for two years plus. And how do you and find people been, or things to talk? Tell me how you find, like, what do you do? Because it's hard for me to sometimes reach out to people and, and get them to come on. But what do you do to, to, to like, uh, I guess to brainstorm, to get different topics to talk about? Like, what is your, like, do you have, like, a special thing that you do to, I don't know, kind of get you in the mood? So, um, <laughs> so I am also a member of, of an all-male band here called the Six Ten Stompers, uh, and yes, they all know my HIV status, uh, and the group is primarily straight, um, and and we're pretty popular. So a lot of folks know me. They they know me because I, I sometimes sport a blue beard, um, and and the HIV field here knows me because I burst into a lot of meetings uninvited to say services for folks with HIV are not done. So all that being said uh, is is that it isn't hard for me to find people or else that they can find me to to want to be my guest or else when I reach out to them uh, to say, hey, how about being a guest on my show? And then, of course, you know, we work out the details, dates, and 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 so so forth. Um, so uh, it's it's not that difficult for, for me. What I would like to do is to expand and also have perhaps you on my show uh, once I can figure out how to do it electronically through a phone. <laughs> I know it's not <laughs> you, but it's like. That's a challenge to me because I'm used used to a mic in the face and a board, and we're live in the studio because that part is fun to me. Uh, but yeah, but that is that is fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I agree. I, so, uh, huh? I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I was just going to say that. No, that is fun to actually go into the studio, and I hope that one day that I could actually build my own studio right now. You know, as most people know, I just sit at a desk at a computer in my in my apartment and kind of do it from my spare bedroom. But for you to go into that studio, it kind of gives you that the atmosphere, you know, being around the control board, the microphone, you know what I mean, and, and just having that, the glass in between you and the other people, you know what I mean, and like sitting in the chair behind yeah. the mic. It's just, it gives you that like kind of, I don't know, I don't know what it does, but it just kind of like empowers you to to kind of be more. I don't know, but it's cool. It's cool. I understand yeah, what you're saying. I, I, I. Yeah. So if we could uh, set that Robert, up, I would love yeah. to come on the show sometime. Yeah, I think think that that would be fan, fantastic. Um, you know, um, uh, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm. Curious what you think about um, about changing um, the use of the word AIDS to HIV stage three? Because I've been sort of talking about that, and I and I I have posted that on on both my my own uh, face 
Facebook page, but also the um, but also my proof positive show Facebook page, and I've gotten some mixed responses about that. So uh, I'm curious what what your views are around that. So to a drop. So this is something. So they want to drop the word AIDS basically and and use HIV stage three, like they do say for. I mean, I'm not comparing, but I'm saying like cancer stage one, stage two, stage two. They want to do that with HIV and have like HIV yeah. stage three. I um, represent AIDS and not use the word AIDS. For me, I understand. I I under I understand like why, but I feel like that word AIDS is history. Like in taking that word out of what we're going through kind of eliminates that part of history for me. And so many people fought and lost their lives in that part of history. And for me to just remove the word AIDS out of the equation, just because it's maybe more stigmatized than HIV or, or less accepted. You know what I mean? To me, I just think it's kind of cowardly, but it's also a good way to inform people that people aren't dying like they were when they used the word AIDS, but I would not eliminate it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I mean, you know, and in my opinion, there is a place for the word AIDS. There is a place historically, as you said, for all the the folks who have died, who have fought uh, for uh, the last uh, 30 plus years. Um, Socially, you know, there is a place for it. And also politically, there, there, there is. I, yet, I still find that I still find that AIDS itself is such a stigmatizing word that it stops people from really seeking out the care they need, where where they can get that care, and also getting through the door. And if we're really serious about trying to stop AIDS and stop new HIV transmissions, I think words mean a great deal. Yes. I mean, I can see reasons of why they do it. You know what I mean? It makes sense, but I, don't, would, I would not want to remove it completely. I just feel like that it, it should be mentioned somewhere mm-hmm. there when you're speaking about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's has, an interesting topic, actually. It is. So, uh, you know, I, I would, I would love to discuss it more with, with, with you and other folks someday. I have been in discussions about it, and um, it didn't go so well. And, and I completely get it because, because June fifth is, is long term, sir. Survivors Day, and 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 absolutely, you know, I don't want folks to feel like they're left out because because we do owe them a lot. I owe them a a, a lot, you know. I mean, like we all do. Yet, yet, you know, when I talk to people on the street, AIDS, the the word AIDS terrifies them. And they just have no idea that they can live with HIV and manage their HIV and be productive, healthy people living with HIV because they're so afraid of AIDS. And I guess that's That's right. That's just, you know, the way I see it. 
you know, despite of the fact that you, you and, and I, and also of, of others, in, in empower our, ourselves, in inspire others, I hope, and and really do live our lives as fully as we can. You know, I mean, we all have our good and bad days, <laughs> but but for the most part, you know, I I feel like I'm thriving, and and I want everyone to feel like they can thrive so that's That's my thoughts that's right (laughs) so listen i know uh, we recently connect we we recently connected in chicago at uh, healthy voices 17 um tell me what was that your first healthy voices and then what were your thoughts of the conference yes it 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 was my first time and i was blown away um, at at what the common threads are among people who are living with a chronic health disease. Uh, you know, it 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 was great to be there with uh, people who 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 live with and survive diabetes and IBD and IBS and MS and and you know schizophrenia for 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 me, I found it really nice, you know, to have an HIV uh, bubble and, and time, you know, as we did, uh, but then to to open the door and be exposed to the fact that we all have some of the very same struggles. We all are concerned about 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 access to care. For all are concerned about paying for treat, treatment. We all are concerned about stig, stigma, about uh, about the way we are treated or else reacted to. So, so I just found it to be a a, a very eye-opening experience for, for for me, and I am very very grateful at at our friends at Janssen US um, who who. Did cover our expenses to uh, be, be be there, and very very much hope to uh, you know to share that that experience again. Yeah, it was it was amazing. I made a lot of great connections with people there, and reconnected with people like you and Caffrey and other people who I've met at other conferences, but really didn't get a chance to sit down and conversate with. And it was just nice, you know, that purposeful connections that we went to the day before and having to connect with everybody who was, you know, from the HIV field and sharing openly in that circle. And a lot of people, like I was only familiar, I think I only met one or two people in person before who were in that room. Everyone was was wow. new to me. So it was like, wow. You know what I mean? I think I met Caffrey before I met you. But like, you know what I mean? In, in passing, like I don't remember really like sitting down or having a dinner with you like we did or, you know what I mean? Or things like that. So I felt like I really didn't know anybody, but Aaron, <laughs> you know what I mean? And it was just kind of <laughs> weird how like, cause I was meeting Josh for the first time and I was meeting uh, Benjamin for the first time and, and the other Joshua, you know what I mean? And D and, you know, it was just crazy to meet everybody and to have that, like that connection with everyone. It was awesome. But um, I do want to open was. up the phone lines real quick. 
Sure. Real quick, I just want to open up the phone lines because there's a couple people on hold. So if you're just listening, that's cool. But if you want to come on air, press the one button, 929-477-3572, and we'll bring you on air uh, with your question or your comment for uh, Dorian or myself. So I'm sorry, what were you going to say? No, I was I was saying it, it was all so nice to walk up to someone and say, hey, um, what is your 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 condition? And at some some point, um, you know, it's like we also joked about saying, "Hey, my name is Dorian, and what's wrong with you?" <laughs> I thought thought that I I thought that that really felt felt great to do do that, and that way we we didn't hide the fact that we may have been uh, living with psoriasis or HIV or or what whatever it was. Yeah. My my favorite um I think my favorite session was when they did the one on stigma because you know I've said it before when I've had like Dion and Daniel that that session like I always think of stigma as something that only people with HIV or AIDS you know, deal with. And when there was up other people up there who were representing other chronic illnesses, talking about how they're stigmatized and how they're perceived to be one way, you know, it really kind of um, grounded me a bit and made me think about it. Like, do I stigmatize certain people because they complain about pain, you know what I mean? And things like that. And mm. it was just really cool. It was really cool that Aaron was able to sit up there on that panel and, and you know, share. Was there one yeah, that you liked the most or one that right. stuck out? I mean, I I I I really oh overall just just uh, in 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 enjoyed the whole experience. Um, you know, I, I also loved how how for each um, each session the artist created those those uh, uh, storyboards. <laughs> I was just just amazed at at that to you know to watch them hear words and topics that were being um, dis discussed or brought brought up, and then they could graphically create that. I was just blown away by that. Yeah, that's insane. I've seen that done a few times at another conference that I attended, and it's definitely a skill because you can't mess up and go back. You know what I mean? Like, you have to continue to go if you mess up. <laughs> So it's definitely yeah. a, a talent. I, I couldn't do that. Yeah. So, definitely um, not. No. So I'm. I'm. You know. I'm. 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 I'm curious what some some what some of the listeners may think about uh, treatment as prevention, uh, particularly uh, treatment with positive like us and you know the big word out out there now is what prep <laughs> i've got to say that i am, <laughs> I am a little prepped out uh i am very pro prep and i want i i want i want to end new infections and and if there is a way to do it through a pill or a, a their biomedical interventions Bring them on, and at the same time, sometimes I'm also aware when I'm in uh, meetings or with uh, the folks with HIV that 
that living with HIV, people who who are whose whose H HIV is being managed and that they are doing well and that they are undetectable, are not thought of as being part of a prevention solution. So I'd be curious to know your thoughts or else um, any anyone who calls in thoughts about people with with HIV being part of a prevention solution. Well, you know, the big campaign going around now is Bruce's uh, U equals Q, undetectable equals untransmittable. And, you know, it is a part of prevention now, whether it's PrEP, whether you're negative taking the pill to prevent it, or you're positive and having an undetectable viral load. I think it's, I think it's awesome. You know, I mean, I think it's just another option. Not every option is going to work for everybody. You know what I mean? But if you're somebody who who is negative and feels that you need to take that, um, you need to take PrEP because you put yourself, at, you know, at possible times at risk and, you know, you think it's a good idea, then, hey, good for you. But, you know, I don't think it's for everybody. Yeah. Some people just may just be cautious and use a condom still, you know what I mean, and not, you know what I mean, but it just depends on you. But the message needs to get out there, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, that you there, it's not just a pill anymore. And I'm afraid that sometimes since people think they can take a pill now, that it's not something that they need to worry about. You know what I mean? Like, oh, if I get HIV, I just take a pill. Or I can just take this pill and I don't have to worry about it. But you still have to be, you know, sexually responsible for yourself. <laughs> yeah, and 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 it's, you know, although, you know, I have I have been on a single tab tab like regimen once once a, a day since I started. A lot of folks can't take that, but um, but I mean I'm very grateful about that. But still, you know, I I I am con- concerned about the new healthcare changes that may or may not come down the pike. How is that going to affect my access to HIV meds? Because we all know how expensive they they are, and 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 yes. We we thank our friends and partners at Pharma. However, those meds are too damn high in their price, um, and that's a concern, especially if we're trying to work and be insured and have co pays. You know, Ryan White is a safety net for us, but. Congress can change that because it's discretionary funding. So, you know, as I always do, I do encourage people to contact their elected officials, particularly contact the Senate and let them know that you do not support and you want them not to support the bill that came from the House and the current budget in its current form. Uh, So... That's you know that's yeah that's the advocate policy wonky guy that come comes out because it really annoys me but it also scares scares me too. Yeah, it's very scary this administration and what could possibly happen. But let's uh, skip over to one of uh, the positive messages from Rise Up to HIV, and we will be right back. Sure. Um, with Dorian Gray. Hi, my name is Mara Mapala and I've lived with HIV for 24 years now 
Um, I was a young girl when I was diagnosed and back in those days it was a death sentence and I was told I couldn't have children, I couldn't, was, wasn't going to live long and basically told to just give up and um, stop living. And well, since then I've definitely kept living. I've had two children. I'm very happy. I'm an HIV global advocate and activist and I've found that living positive is probably one of the best things that ever happened to me. It's given me experiences I never would have imagined and I've been able to travel the world and I've been able to support amazing other people living with HIV. So thank you. Thank you for letting me say this and thank you for letting me share that HIV is not a death sentence anymore and that we can be happy. And there you have it. And you can hear all the other uh, positive messages from Rise Up to HIV by going to Rise Up to HIV across all social media. Uh, Dorian, are you back with me? Yes, I am. So tell me, have you submitted one of your photos to Kevin's uh, new uh, uh, frame campaign for the U equals U? Funny you asked that. Yes, I did. Early this morning. Because <laughs> uh, sometimes I don't sleep well, so I'm I'm up on social media at 3:30 a.m. Mm. wide awake. <laughs> so I, I did, and um, and um, oh. I'm I'm sure sure he's swamped and will get to posting it whenever he can. So let me let me. Uh... Oh crap! It just totally left my head. So across social media, where can people find you on social media and how they connect with you? We're down to the last few minutes, so I just want to make sure people can find you everywhere. So my uh, radio show page is Proof Positive Show on Facebook. You also can find uh, the Twitter, which is uh, Proof Pause 2 on Twitter. And I'm recently new to Instagram at DGA Insta, I-N-S-T-A, DGA Insta on Instagram. And because folks ask a lot about, yes, my name is Dorian Hyson Gray Alexander, and you can find that I'm the only one on Facebook. So those places you can reach, reach me. There you have it. Well, Dorian, thank you so much for sitting in with us this hour, or sitting in with me, actually, and, uh, you know, sharing your story with our audience. Um, you're an inspiring man, and I can't wait to find a way to get on your show and to listen to your show um, when it's streaming live on whivfm.org, right? Tuesdays at 6 o'clock. Yes. yes. <laughs> 6 to 7 p.m. Yeah, you... <laughs> Central time, of Six... course, yes. Central time. There you have Party it. So, up. Dorian, thank you so much for joining me today. All right. Thank you, Rob, Robert, and uh, Hugs. And uh, and I know Aaron's having fun else, elsewhere to, today. Yeah, he's at International Mail Leather. I'm sure he's having a blast. <laughs> I've seen some post, posts on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Thank you so, so much. And uh, see you soon. All right. Have a good day. Take well. There you have it. Thank you, Dorian, for uh, joining me today on the show. What an amazing man. Again, his show is live uh, Tuesdays at 6 o'clock Central Time. Go to www.whivfm.org. Uh, uh, I'll be sharing it on Facebook, Instagram, so you can find him there. 
and follow him also on Twitter. Again, you can find me at PauseLineRadio.com and PauseLineRadio across all social media. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Thank you, Josh Robbins, for uh, your amazing scoop this week. And also thank you to Kevin Maloney for the new uh, U equals U summer frame. If you haven't seen it, go up to Rise Up to HIV and check it out. Thank you all for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next week. Join us each and every Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time when we bring you your weekly dose of hope. You can join in the conversation after the show is off air. Going on Twitter at PauseIM Radio, Aaron Laxton. While you're on there, reach out to I'm Still Josh as he brings your weekly HIV scoop. And check out Kevin Maloney with Rise Up to HIV. I encourage you, if you've not already done so, please contribute to the Positive Message Campaign. From each and every one of you who contribute and allow us to bring this show to you, thank you from the bottom of our hearts. And if you know someone who would be interested in coming on air, or you think there's something that we need to cover, please let us know. We're here to bring content that you need and you want. From each and every one of us over at Paz I Am Radio, from myself and Robert Brining, have a safe and happy week. And until we talk again, stay positive.